What up, everybody? Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again for the R&D Podcast. Thank you all so much for coming back to the real NASCAR Discussion Podcast. Yours truly, alongside my favorite colleague of all time, Ethan. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Hell yeah, man. Welcome back, everybody. (sighs) Lots, lots, lots to break down just from today last podcast we did was a little over a week ago that was actually right after what race was that after that was right after dover yes right after dover and uh, yes yes Alex Bowman and the hendrick domination yes which was a wonderful which was a very wonderful race but just today alone it is wednesday uh may 26 for those that are keeping track um since the last podcast one ethan rondo has had his birthday so happy belated sir Oh, thanks, man. How old are you now? Like, what are you? What are you? Twenty nine, I think. Yeah, I'm twenty nine. Damn, I, I remember. I remember when I was twenty nine. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, January fourteenth, that last count. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, yeah. We That's have. Sorry, right. I'll be right there in the thirties with you next year. That you will. That you will. And then you're gonna. Uh. Ex- the existential fear is going to set in. Hell no. Eddie's not ready for me. No. <laughs> yeah, go in kicking and screaming just like everything. Stay metal. Head banging your way yes. into your thirties. Yeah, all that shit. Damn right. I got, I got too much piss and vinegar in me still. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. So, a lot, a lot to unpack today. What should we start with? Um, honestly, I'd just like to, just, let's get into the cup race, because that's what we, yeah, that's, that's a good place to start. There's a lot, there's definitely just, like, a lot of shit swirling in the NASCAR world today, so we'll just start there. Yeah, all right, so we'll... there, I mean, how do you, how do you feel about rain? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when it fucking... Tell us how you feel about rain. Well, when it rains, it pours. I mean, yeah. God, I... Yeah, so the cup race at Coda was, honestly, in my opinion, everybody talks so much smack about that race. And I kind of agreed to an extent. Yeah, I saw Kevin Harvick's thing where he was like, that was the worst decision in my professional career. I never felt more unsafe. Like, okay, I could agree with that because, I mean, visibility was none. And, I mean, Harvick and Truex both got unintentional colonoscopies done to them. Um <laughs> But, I mean, the rain, every other major motorsport races in the rain. Why can't NASCAR race in the rain? I Well, I think it's I think it's as simple as this, not to cut you off. I think they just, they found their limit Sunday. You can't race in a downpour, you can't race in standing water. Or at least you probably shouldn't. Until you can make visibility uh, attainable and sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I I agree that we definitely found we found the limit. I would definitely agree with that there. Uh, rain, light rain, light steady rain, drizzle. I am all for that. I mean, we made the Roval work last year. I know it wasn't a full true rain race, but I felt like it was interesting, man. I, I it was cool at the beginning of that race and seeing them having to work and seeing them slide everywhere. I mean, Austin Sindrick, 
on the slicks on a wet racetrack. He was yarding them. He was had like a 10-second lead at one lie. point. I thought Austin Cindric was going to win at, at various points throughout the day. He was good, man. He was he, he was, was fast. smooth. Yes, he was. He I mean, was he stayed good. out on slicks and was still kicking everybody's ass for, mm-hmm. what, nine laps to start the race? It was like, yeah, see ya. Everybody it's only else, like my third or fourth cup start, but I'm gonna make this look easy. <laughs> That's right. And everybody else was crying in there. Well, not crying, but everyone was like, "I think we're on the wrong tires. We need to switch the rain tires." And Cindric was like, "I'm good. <laughs> Just keep going." Dude, I mean, I'd have to say give a tip of the cap to Ford for that. I mean, I don't know how much Cindric did on his own, but Ford. I think you know this. They make their development drivers do some road racing do multiple disciplines uh uh i believe further expose them basically i would agree uh yeah learn new skills that type of thing but it's i mean i don't hear about toyota or chevrolet or anybody else doing that so you know yeah i think maybe take a look at that (laughs) yeah i mean i think for the most part chevrolet and toyota just kind of do a lot of simulator training i guess um, I could be wrong. I don't know for sure, but it definitely seems like Ford puts more emphasis on actually like making sure that you put in the time to actually have the different disciplines of short track, road course, you know, intermediate, super speedway. They it seems like they do put a little bit more emphasis on that. You know, trying to get somebody to develop and get the right get the right attributes built up before you, they send you to the big show. Yeah, well, you, it never hurts to hone your skills, and you always want to add to your arsenal of like what you can do out on the racetrack. And there's something to be learned by doing various disciplines. Absolutely, there's always something to be learned, and it doesn't matter if you're a, a veteran of anything, a veteran or a rookie. There's always something to be learned, and there, there's only as and simulators have come a very long way in the short amount of time that they have, but still, nothing beats that actual like track time nothing that is that is invaluable so hats off to ford certainly hats off to austin Cindric. i know he didn't win but man did he put on a performance there especially at the start of that race yeah well speaking of winners uh good job on your pick uh even oh, though you're you. gonna be two laps short if they let that baby go the whole way huh yeah they were man i you know, <laughs> I, you know, I and I, I, you know what? I don't care. I'll let my. I'm gonna let my uh, bias show through. I'm Absolutely, an- let your bias show. I, I was, man, it sucked seeing Martin get shot ten feet in the air on Sunday. Yeah, that was terrible. I, I, w- I mean, that was. I was genuinely scared for Truex on that one. Oh, like that was, man. he got rammed, and I mean, that car went almost went over, and yeah, a, a tribute to. Again, the limit that where we can and can't go. Um, but yeah, I was the really one happy. That scared he was okay. me. I mean, Martin. I mean that that was rough. But Cole Custer, especially the onboard shot, it was like oh, especially yeah. when he hit that inside wall. Oh, thank God there was there was a when little you're wrecking on the backstretch at anywhere that's not a super speedway, it's either something dumb or we got a real problem. Yeah, something like someone just hooking someone or yeah. Like the car broke, like Juan Pablo into the jet dryer. Like yeah. something broke big on the car. Like you don't see that on the big straightaway. That that's no, oh, that was that was bad. That was really bad. But I will take 
I will take the bow. I, I'm i not a Kyle Busch fan, but I'm going to take the bow on this one. That my man Chase Elliott pick up, picks up, I think it's his first rain-shortened win, which is an odd stat. But, I, hey, rain, it happens in racing. And you know what? That's I'll take it. Ending. Numbers never end. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll never. I'll take it. It's a, a win is a win. Uh, in my personal opinion, he got kind of fucked over at the Daytona road course with the bullshit rain caution there towards the end. So I'll consider this a, a payback for that. But other than that, um, yeah, that was that was interesting. He was not making it. He and Kyle Busch both were short on fuel. Could very well have landed in Joey Logano's hands, in my opinion, I, I believe. I think Kyle Busch had the car to beat, personally. He was very fast. He was. But I do believe that, I don't know, I mean, you you could say that he was fast. You could argue that Chase blew right by him because that last pit stop, Chase was like four or five seconds behind Kyle and then blew by him and passed him on the track. Oh, that's right. Chase was figuring it out as the day went on. He got faster and faster. He didn't, he didn't have the benefit of running anything on Saturday like Kyle did either. Right. And not only that, but that that's the question, though. Was Kyle saving fuel because he knew he was going to be short or did chase genuinely get that quick maybe kyle was saving this car either way either way it was what it was chase elliott passed kyle bush and then he passed kyle larson uh was able to hold on just long enough the rains got real heavy visibility got bad and then nascar decided to call the race 14 laps early or something like that i forget how many laps early but yeah I mean, in my opinion, I think, and I think NASCAR made the right call. There's a ton, a ton. Oh my God, the amount of people on social media talking about how this race was fixed for Golden Boy Chase. Folks, folks, pump the brakes. Think, stop, stop, stop for a second, and just and, and listen to my words, okay? Coda. It's not even pump the brakes. It's not even. It's not even that. It's you can point to so many instances. If NASCAR was trying to fix the races, uh, how many times did Jeff Gordon like eat one, eke one out over Junior? You know that elicit beer throws from the crowd. Oh. They could have given wins to Junior, but no, they went with you know Wonder Boy. <laughs> exactly. Like that's that's all the proof you need right there. Chase Elliott didn't. It wasn't. The fix wasn't in on Sunday. It, it was a uh, uh, circumstantial evidence. Yes. <laughs> Backed up why Chase Elliott won. The, the Coda doesn't have lights. And mm-hmm. it was standing water again. You going to keep doing this? We're going to wreck, are we going to wreck, you know, six, ten more cars? Uh, you know, that's nonsense. Mm hmm. Uh, when when the cars are going down the back straightaway at Coda, I mean they showed a couple of times Chase Elliott going down the back stretch at Coda, just straight as an arrow, and the car was literally hydroplaning down the straightaway, like that. That's too much. A hydroplane race car at 170 miles an hour is no. That that's that's too much. If you're hydroplaning on the straightaway going straight. Like you're not even it's not even where you're trying to turn or you're overloading an axle. You're you're braking, you're turning. Okay, I can understand if you like Kurt Bush, yo Kurt Bush, 
Shout out to Kurt Busch on the, the save of the day <laughs> with that. Kurt Busch, he brought new meaning to shooting the gap. That was... <laughs> I can't even... I don't even know what to call that. That was... <laughs> That was that was almost raw dogging it. If that was an actual feasible term that we could use, I wonder what Austin Dillon had to say about that. Uh, Can you imagine? You just see a one flash right in front of your nose, and you're just like, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bubba Wallace said in, at Talladega he needed new shorts. I wonder what uh, Austin Dillon needed new a new whole new fire suit. I mean, yeah. God. That was that was crazy, and that was so cool on Kurt Busch to just have that mental instinct to just drive out of the sand, get over on the grass, and get back into it. That was oh, that was that was so bad. But that was exactly like what we're talking about. Like, how many more times is that going to happen? Like, especially with it getting as bad as it was, standing water. Okay. So you got standing water and everything else. Okay, so visibility is or is horrible. Uh, let's see, you've got eighty percent of the race completed for going back to you know the the Chase Elliott the fixes in bullshit that people seem to love to always pin on him. People, uh, what I've always learned on social media is that people love to discredit Chase Elliott whenever anything that the the kid does. They seem to always try to find something to discredit him. There, there, there is a whole, you know, the people, the tin, the tin foil hat wearers, all the time. But eighty percent of the race is complete. Coda does not have lights. This is a big ass three and a half mile road course that we are going to attempt to dry. With eighty percent of the race complete, what time is it here in? I don't even remember what time it was when they finally called it, but it had to have been 6 o'clock here, which I think is 5 o'clock in Texas or 4 o'clock in Texas. I don't know if it's one or two hours behind. But that track was not getting dry, not nearly enough in time before the lights came on. In my opinion, not even just as a Chase Elliott fan, NASCAR made the right call. They weren't going to get back restarted. It, it would have been far too late. 80% of the race is already run. You know what? Screw it. Send them home. That that's what I that's what I feel like and I think NASCAR made the right call. How many you know it, it's the the quote from um the the longest yard. If you have you seen the longest yard? The newer one? No, I have not. Oh. I haven't seen either one of them. Oh, you haven't. Well, there's a line at the end of the movie where uh, Burt Reynolds is, uh, at, at the end of the movie, um, obviously Adam Sandler's uh, Adam Sandler's uh, character, the quarterback, is starting to throw the game. So, obviously, he's intentionally just, like, giving up and stuff like that. Um, and Burt Reynolds knows what's going on, so he turns around to Adam Sandler and says, how much more blood do you want? Because his guys are getting killed out there. He said, how much, how much more blood do you want? I mean, seriously, what? How much more blood do you want? I mean, we saw Kurt Busch fly off the track. Truex and Harvick, massive wrecks. Cole Custer, obviously. Guys were slight. It was getting real bad. So that's what I say to you people out there saying, oh, yeah, the, the race was fixed, and they fixed it, and they fixed it so that Chase Elliott could win. I look around and tell you, how much more blood do you want? Really? I mean, at the end of the day, it is. I mean, it's 
it is what it is, and it's. I think it's. I agree. It's the right call. And it's. I don't think there's any two ways around that. No, definitely was. It was the right call. I mean, it was time to pull the plug. I mean, not only that, you got to think about the fans too. It's not everything just on the track, but the fans are getting soaked. You know, I've. You and I have both been in New Hampshire where it's poured rain after the race. That's like, a hit or, Some sometimes it. it that track has a reputation of being 50-50 for weather. There was there was a there was a string of races there that I went to. It felt like it was every other there was some rain of some sort. Yeah, but it, especially it, in the July race, the July race was synonymous with that shit. Oh yeah, summer is something else. Oh yeah, every it has time. the potential to be. Every time, that's that that September fall race. However, almost never had any weather issues. <clears throat> Give me my date back, Vegas, but. <laughs> no, New Hampshire deserves two dates. I'll die on that hill. <laughs> I'll die on that hill too. <laughs> oh, that might be a steep hill to die on. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'd much rather die on the hill that Darlington gets two dates. No offense, back home, but yeah. Mm, nope. I nope. I would agree I with you. I agree with you on that one. If it meant. If if Darlington getting two dates meant New Hampshire stayed only at one, I would be I would agree entirely with you. Get, Darlington can have its two dates. What I can't recall what driver it was. I think it was Landon Castle or Parker Kligerman. It was one of those two on Twitter yesterday. They posed the question, um, something along the lines of, "One Groove racetracks can provide great racing too," and when you think about it. They ain't wrong, cause our favorite Bristol, our favorite Bristol layout or configuration, whatever you want to call it, they fucked that place up. Even yeah. though it still races really good in a different way, our best, our favorite era of Bristol, at least, I believe we we share it, is when it was root and gouge. You got to bump someone out of the way, like circa 2002, Gordon bumps Rusty Wallace out of the way type shit. Hell yeah. I agree. That's what, that's what most fans, whatever the hell they did to Bristol, they need to find a way to undo it. Please they, and thank you. They tried. <laughs> I can tell you they tried. <laughs> and it's actually funny that you mentioned this because Jarrett Lundberg actually just posted a video early to, earlier today talking about why uh, the PJ1, that track bite crap, is, is like a terrible solution and like why it's a real big problem. He actually addresses that. In the video, talking about he's saying like, "Oh yeah, it's it's to help with the racing at tracks that are one groove," but he brought it up in the video itself. He said, "Well, Bristol was one groove, and we love Bristol, like Bristol, the old Bristol, the beating, banging, you know, bump and run, Terry Labonte, Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, Rusty Wallace, and many, many, think, many others." I think you want your short track to be one groove, and you want your mile and a half cook cutter big tracks to be multi-groove i think that's how you want that to go i mean you can have multi-groove short tracks bristol that's part of what makes bristol great now is you can run the high side here and there and get keep some momentum you know a la kyle larson tyler reddick yeah and I, i'll tell you i mean in bristol 2015 carl too carl edward concrete oh, carl. yeah concrete carl man boy was he good <laughs> he was very good. Dover and Bristol, man. He once he I, figured I was, it out. When when they threw Nashville on the schedule this year, I thought of him. I was like, oh, bring Carl Edwards out of retirement. Somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> he he out of I retirement think, and out of obscurity. I, I mean, think good he, for him. He's doing what he wants to do with his life. So, but yeah, he, it'd be nice to see him come back and run every once in a while. Didn't he win like the 
No, that was Iowa, I think. I was thinking of the I think the last time they ran Nashville, I was thinking that he won that race and that that was the time that he blew up like right before the line and Stenhouse crashed into him and pushed him over the line, but I think that was Iowa, so I'm I'm mistaken. Oh no, that was Edwards that crashed into Stenhouse. Stenhouse blew up off a of four. Oh, Edwards I, crashed into him. Okay, I got that completely. Oh, yeah. the, that was a that was an expensive win for Roush. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> but he did bring home the one two. <laughs> yes, he did. He he did it in 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 spectacular fashion. But no, so I got that completely ass backwards. I apologize, my NASCAR friends. <laughs> but yes, um, so. But that's essentially, I, I would agree with you that I want to see, I want to see, if we have a mile and a half, that I would like to see multiple lanes. I want to see low grip. I want to see drivers multiple lanes. I don't want a single file parade. Texas, oh, I wish, Eddie Gossage is no longer going to be the track president of Texas, which, Eddie Gossage, I thank you for your time, but also in the same sense, like, Ugh, they ruined that track. Texas used to be a fucking phenomenal racetrack, and they fucked Texas, that up. You want? Oh, Texas! I think we talked about this on an earlier podcast, but the hell! Don't turn Auto Club into another short track. Do it to Texas. Go yeah, to heavens, man. Do it to Texas Motor Speedway, please, 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 please. Yes. Don't do it to Auto Club. Yeah. Auto Club used to suck. Auto Club doesn't suck anymore. Yeah. Auto Club. I'm begging do- you. Auto Club doesn't suck anymore because the asphalt's old. Like, it's it's good. It's raceable. We get multiple it's lanes. It's always been like a seven-groove racetrack. You can... <laughs> Remember Jeff Gordon versus Matt Kenseth with the wings on the car, unfortunately? Yes, yes, I remember Don't that. They were dueling it out like crazy. That was a night race, Rose too. the apron, up to the wall. Yeah, and that was an awesome race, too. That was phenomenal kenseth ended up winning that race but i mean that was cool below the apron you know all seven lane like you said seven fucking lanes up against the wall i mean kevin harvick and jimmy johnson the one year where they harvick shoved johnson off into turn three on the last lap he shoved him off into that last corner harder than he wanted and harvick kind of shortcut the corner and um yeah harvick got around him on the last lap like shit like that man that that don't change auto club please dude like you said do that shit to texas texas already a lost fucking cause as it is yeah i completely agree with that well lost cause is harsh um but it's the product just hasn't been great there in a while no it now is it is it because of the pj1 is it because of the cars is it the package we're running i really think that it's for Texas, and I I hate Texas. I do. I hate Texas now. I wish that they would have just left it alone. They had to try and be like Kentucky where one corner was different than the other. And, you know, half one corner was banked 12 degrees. The other's banked fucking 20-something degrees. And they had to. I don't know why they ever did that. I understand that Texas had a problem with weepers, and that was that kind of brought on. Bless you. Thank you. I I understand that that's why they brought on the changes and to redo the track. 
But, oh, my God, they should have just left it the way it was. <laughs> Texas was just fine the way it was. And I don't know. It could be a common. I think it's a perfect combination of all three between the PJ1, the track resurfacing, and the cars. But that, ugh. I used to love when they would go to Texas. Now I can't stand it when they go to Texas. It's terrible. I've never been that opposed to Texas. I used to be kind of aggravated at Texas just because Gordon hadn't won there yet. <laughs> uh, back when he was still running, that track just aggravated me as one of his fans. That's um, true. But I started to love it. It was it wasn't the race that he won, but the race that he was kicking the shit out of him in. The Special Forces National Guard car, the oh, black and green one. The one he should have won. The one that got wadded up off a of four. Oh my goodness. That thing just looked so bad fast. And Texas actually just looked like that much... It was that much more fun to watch. It 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 gave off Atlanta vibes to me, which, as you know, is my favorite mile and a half. Hell yeah. It was definitely... Yeah, and, and you know what also helped too is that the track surface was also wearing down at that time. Um, Texas, I believe yeah, you can't go repaving it every five to ten years either. No, hey, not Texas. That, not that people really do that, but that's just I mean general rule of thumb. Yeah, Texas, Texas, I think got repaved in two thousand two, if I remember correctly. Texas, remember they had trouble with Texas like the first couple of years. Like they had to refigure it two or three times in the first couple of years before it actually like while it was on the schedule. And then they finally repaved it in two thousand two and that was the surface that we were on to that time in two thousand ten. That's I think that was the race it was, two thousand ten. Um and then like this the surface was wearing in and it started being a very good raceable multi-groove track to the point where in 2014 uh obviously another race that gordon shoulda coulda woulda won the the fall 2014 <laughs> texan texas race um oh, but is that the one that he went after brad keselowski right oh damn right he did i think that's still bob pockers uh twitter header yeah, it might be. That <laughs> Very well, of, might like, be that scrum. Ugh. But <sighs> that was. But, Bless but, Bob Parker, he's the man. Yes, Bob Parker. Thank you for all your hard work, sir. Thank you for your dedication to the sport. <laughs> we would be nothing Absolutely. without you. But I mean, even at that time. Texas was a multi-groove track, and you can find multiple lanes, and the racing was good. And then they said, well, we got a problem with weepers. Let's repave, and let's just throw the Kentucky book at it and see what works. And it see, didn't I work. Liked, I liked that Texas has two different corners, though. Or I, can't, I can't really say that I've ever hated Texas, the track, because, like, for the most part, I feel like it's put on better races than it hasn't. Um, it, like personally for me, probably the last like five six years have been the worst Texas races. Maybe the last four, especially just with, especially with you know let's all say it together now the package, the package, uh, you know high downforce, you know low horsepower, which you know Ugh. we don't need to take that horse. Um. Oh, where was I going to go with that? And I hate when you get brain fade just in the middle of something. <laughs> That's all right. 
I'll edit it out. I'll let you get it back. Oh, you don't even have to edit it out. That's just human nature. Oh, damn right. So we'll leave this in. Screw it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck. Nobody's alone out there with it. Nope. Hell no, man. We all do. No. Um. Oh, crap. Oh, I was gonna. It was just a. Uh, not really a tie-in, but. Just to bring up, just that we're on the topic of Texas, one of my favorite races to go back and watch is Dale Jr.'s first NASCAR Cup win at Texas. Yes. Like, that is, the. I mean, partially for the body styles. Like, I gotta get that bias out of the way. But it just, it, it it's an interesting racetrack just to see the way it's, how far it's come and evolved over the years. Mm-hmm. I agree. Texas was always fun because, I mean, for me as a driver in sim racing, Texas, the corners fall away from you. You're still it in the corner. Reminds me of Michigan, to be honest with you. A little bit, yeah. Like, turn three at Michigan is kind of the same thing oh, as Texas turn three. That one especially. And one and two, for me, I don't know how you did Texas, but it's like just let off a little bit going into one and then just mash it. And mm-hmm. If it sticks on the low side, that's usually how you know you got a good piece. Oh, yeah. I Three and four, it's like you said, at Michigan, you can just like sail it off in there, and that's how I feel about Texas. Yeah. Th- that, to me, was always how it felt with me in Texas. Uh, I love that Texas, the corners fall away from you. Uh, you're still in the middle of the corner, then the banking goes away before you're out of the corner. Like I've always liked that about Texas. Um, turn three in Texas, at least in the old configuration, reminded me of Michigan turn three. You haul that thing off, and uh, actually, probably more so Texas, you have to back off the corner in turn three more before you get to the corner. Uh, Michigan, you can haul it off in there. But comparing it to the other mile and a half, I mean, Charlotte, Charlotte's a little bit more narrow. But, again, you have banking when you're going into turn three. You have banking when you're going into turn one. Atlanta, same thing. Texas, you've got to back off in turn three and let that thing kind of get in there. So I've always enjoyed that Texas was always – it was it was always different. It was always different than Charlotte and Atlanta for that fact. Like the corners fall away from you. You got to really kind of, you got to work it in and out of the corners a little bit more. You can't just kind of sail it up in and sail it off. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. But yeah, they done fucked that track up in my opinion. Uh, I just, That's I all good. Yeah. it's, I mean, one way or another, the problem will resolve itself. I mean, I don't think it's any coincidence that Coda got this date and Texas is now the all or for this year it's the all star race anyway. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's not it's also uh not uh coincidence that Eddie Gossage is no longer track president. I feel like he's I feel like he's jumped yeah, off the ship. There's there's something to read into with that, I suppose. You just you're not gonna I just would rather not speculate on what direction that track's going to go until someone actually gets installed and reveals a vision, I guess. I don't, I don't, I'm don't. i not really ready to pontificate on that for any further. Right. I would agree. I would agree. But I am all for fixing Texas and getting it back to where we have good shows and good racing. Um, is it the car? Is it the PJ1? We don't know. Well, we got to change something. The car could be a game changer, too, for the mile and a half tracks. 
I feel like it will. Uh, the next gen car looks amazing from what I've heard. It's drives entirely different. Um, I have not that it's really maybe accurate. I have drove. I have driven the new cars in iRacing. Um, depending on how accurate or inaccurate it is, I've driven it at Martinsville. I do like that the there's a there's a different feel for the car like it's less planted but there's more mechanical grip because of the independent rear suspension and the fact that the tire that the rims are bigger so there's less profile on the tires so it's got a more sportier feel which is more modern with today's cars uh most mo most today's cars are m low profile tires and, and things but i haven't really gotten the feel for it yet but i what i did drive it at martinsville it was fun it was real nice and if it's gonna translate to what i feel with the current gen cars at martinsville we're gonna be in for we're gonna be in for some good stuff because yeah it drove good i think it's gonna be a slip sliding around or is it gonna be everyone's really equal or what's what do you what what do you think makes is going to make it really good? I feel like there's going to be a lot more mechanical grip and it's going to be less aero dependent from oh, what okay. I can tell. Right. Um the independent rear suspension, you can feel it and it is wonderful. Um why in the hell NASCAR hasn't gone to independent rear suspension when most modern cars have had independent rear suspension since the last time Kiss had a major hit? on the radio is beyond me um but yeah uh it, it does feel good i feel like it's less aero dependent is a lot more mechanical grip like i said with the uh the bigger rims so the profile the tire there's less profile so that means the handling is better um i like that they're unsealing the front splitter which is good i like that i am team get rid of the fucking splitter and put valences back on hashtag hashtag um but i, I, I the mechanical grip is definitely going to be better a little less arrow and i'm hoping that that will indeed be the case and we won't have to worry about dirty air so much as we do now yeah, the less you can worry, you have to worry about aerodynamics. I think the better. Honestly, there's one thing I kind of, I mean, they, they aren't going to do it, of course, but way you see the Xfinity races that get put on on one and a half mile ovals, like you wonder why NASCAR hasn't just adopted that body style. Maybe I mean, what aside from the is it carbon fiber bodies? What is it that the Xfinity cars have that? Oh my god! Can lean I, on them a little more. Um, composite bodies. That's what it's called. Composite. That's all right. I knew it started with a C. My bad. Yeah. No, uh, it's all right. Composite bodies for the cup cars. Would do you think that would make a huge difference? I mean, they're not going to do it now. I presume. I don't think. I don't believe composite bodies are part of the new car. Are they? Um, I don't. I. That's a good question. I don't know if composite bodies are or, or not on the cars. I'm not entirely sure. Um, composite bodies would help in my opinion, but at the same time, the the cost would be a little bit higher, I think, in my opinion. Um, uh, I, okay. I think that's, 
I think that's the issue with the Xfinity cars right now is that the, the cost is a little bit high, but clearly the composite bodies are working wonders and the Xfinity is putting on a hell of a show. Um, I, I like that what the Xfinity car, the Xfinity cars have more horsepower than the damn cup cars on mile and a half. And that, that's, that oh, is, yeah, that'll do it too. that's, that's part of the problem, I guess, is that you have the cup cars at 550 horsepower and the Xfinity cars are not as restricted and they're at 650, 700, I think, and they have less downforce. That's why the Xfinity cars are always like, putting on in my opinion sometimes they put on a, a, a better show than the cup guys although there really hasn't been a bad cup race this year so far but um you know the xfinity guys are definitely putting on the in my opinion the better show nine times out of ten mostly uh especially last year this year cup cup series has been pretty good this year but last year and the year before yeah xfinity was blowing them out of the water did you did you see all three races this weekend or just cup? Uh, just the cup race. I did not see uh, the Xfinity or the truck race, unfortunately. All right. In my opinion, I think the truck race was the best. Uh, Which doesn't Gill, surprise me. Creed, Kaz Grala were just getting after it. Todd Gillen, put, he impressed the hell out of me. I didn't know he could road race like that. He was throwing that truck everywhere. Used up just about every inch at Coda. <laughs> at least that's the way it looked on screen. So, shout out to the Front Row Motorsports team. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm sure you know Kyle Busch stunk up the facility. Yeah, he did. He stunk them all up out of there. Good for good for him. Skittles gummies. Skittles that's gummies. Right. <laughs> Go buy yourself a pack. Um, Go buy some Rowdy Energy, too, while you're at it. Yeah, yeah. Take a bow for every, every, well, the person everyone loves to hate. Uh, right. But good for Kyle Busch. Just keeps adding to that sick Xfinity legacy. I think that's win number ninety-eight. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, that's he's not done. No. He's not done this year. I think he's. I think this was his first Xfinity race this season. So uh, yeah, look out for Rowdy. Of course. Um, there wasn't really a whole lot to get into with the Xfinity and truck races. They were both just quality races. I. Might be biased. I'm. I have fun just watching people manhandle race cars. So I thought just about everything this weekend was great. I agree. Um, probably would say Cup, Truck Cup Xfinity was probably the order I, I would put it in. To be honest with you, even though Cup got shortened a little bit, there was a little more action. Not just the crashes, but just. Uh, like I said, Austin Cindric, the first 10 laps, it was like race car nirvana on on TV. It was just like, holy yeah. crap, can I just watch this all, you know, for another hour or two? That's right. Like, I'd be cool with this. So, yeah, it, I think overall successful weekend for NASCAR. Just it'd be nice if Mother Nature could cooperate. But, you know, that's hit or miss. I would agree. Yep. I, I feel like it was a, a successful weekend. Um Thank you to everybody at Coda for allowing NASCAR to come to Coda. I know that Coda is again painted in such strong F1 colors and whatnot, but that was I. I told I knew that Coda was going to be fun, and it didn't disappoint. I felt like Mother Nature. I don't even think Mother Nature harmed anything. I felt like Mother Nature was like, "Oh, we're going to Coda. Guess what? You're already in an unknown. Let me sprinkle a little bit more spice on that unknown for you." <laughs> Yeah, it was, I mean, it was all kinds of unknown. Uh, I, definitely, I don't think anybody anticipated what we saw Sunday, but I think that's 
good and bad, given what happened. Yes. I concur uh, fully. Just to get to... Not to tangent jump here, but just to knock out today's like news in NASCAR, just because uh, I know we discussed this prior to the show. Uh, how do you want to go about getting discussing this the Eddie DeHaan topic? Oh, I we could just roll right into it. Um, earlier today, it was announced that Eddie DeHaan uh, was um, taken in, was arrested, had his mugshot done. Um, spotter for Chase Elliott. For those of you that don't know. Um, Eddie DeHaan is a spotter for Chase Elliott. He was arrested and charged with manslaughter. Was it manslaughter? No, I don't even know. But essentially, the allegations against him is that he uh, he assaulted a pregnant woman, apparently over a jet ski. Now, I don't know how much of this is true. Apparently, what you said to me was news today that I guess it happened last September, which I, I didn't know. But, dude, this is... Yeah, it, I mean, I'll, I'll just quote what Bob Pockers had to say. Uh, okay. Fox warned affidavits in DeHaan's case that stems from a September 7, 2020 argument over jet ski rentals where an employee alleged DeHaan made, air quotes, full body contact and yelled in my face, pushing me back multiple times with my body, end quote, and hit my arm away and swung a fist at me, end quote. Um, this is this is mur- this is just murky water. I mean, it's what it is. It's murky water, and I'm not talking about the water that they were trying to ride the jet skis in. I'm, this is this is a bad look. No matter how you slice it, this is a bad look. No matter what. Yeah. Now here's well, here's the other parts. I'll just I'll just roll through the entirety of it. I wasn't really trying to. No, go I'll ahead. This thing, yeah, no, no, we'll just go, go ahead. for it so everybody gets the full picture in case they haven't yet, or at least all this information. Yeah, yeah. But a criminal summons for assault on a female was issued last September for DeHaan, and then warrant for arrest for battery on an unborn child two weeks ago, both misdemeanors. The assault's case has been postponed several times. The argument resulted because DeHaan wanted, according to the employee victim affidavit, a refund or more time on the rented jet ski because they initially did not have the required clothing and were therefore late after getting the required clothing. This is just... This is nothing that you should lose your lid over, in my opinion. I, yeah. Not to interrupt the flow here. No, I I agree. Nothing to... Yeah, this, this sounds like... To me, honestly, this sounds like... This sounds stupid. This sounds very stupid. No matter what, if you're in favor of Eddie DeHaan, if you're in favor of this woman that's saying that you know she got assaulted, it it's it just sounds dumb, and it's re- this whole thing is ridiculous. And I, I can tell you as a Gordon fan, because Eddie DeHaan spotted for Gordon for the last four or five years of his career, dude, and I. And I, I, I hate it because I'm so biased right, towards before Eddie Before you continue, let me finish off the thread so oh, that we ahead. can... What'd you say? No, I said, yeah, go ahead. All right. Just to get just to give DeHaan side here. Uh, DeHaan, uh, his wife's affidavit filed today states, Jet Ski Rental Employee, oh, fully extended her arm into my husband's face so quickly that I thought she was about to hit him and swung her hand out towards his face. 
husband took his open hand and moved her, in parentheses, hand out of his face, end quote. DeHaunt has filed a motion to compel for video footage from surveillance cameras from the jet ski rental company property, as they have yet to be produced. Affidavits filed supporting this require, uh, request state that the employee said during the argument that she had cameras all over the place. So, if he's requesting video footage, then I think he's pretty confident in, I, I suppose, what, uh, in, in his defense anyway, but this is... I think you put it best when you called it murky water at best and best not to speculate further. Yeah, I, it is very, very, very difficult. And, and let's, I know our justice system is not perfect, but let us again reiterate what we all learned in, you know, sixth grade, you know, history class or, you know, or, or you know, U.S. constitutional class, whatever the hell it was back in high school. Remember, everybody's innocent until proven guilty. So, um, it just it sounds like a lose lose situation. This entire situation about jet ski rentals and not having the proper clothes and being late. Why are, in my opinion, why are we why are we arguing over this? Like. Uh, clearly, you're renting a jet ski, so that must tell me that you are uh, not on vacation, but you are you're you're away from home, you're away from work, you're you're enjoying your time. Like, why are you gonna get so worked up about something? Either way, going either way. Like, why is this? Why you gotta let it blow up like this? Like, just I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really a confrontational person. Like I kind of like to work things out, and but I don't understand why people would let things blow up like that. It it sounds like it's a really dumb situation to get heated up over. I, am I right in saying that? I uh, my my opinion basically falls in line with that. It's just that it makes no sense, honestly. I, it just it doesn't make any sense. Well, we'll have to obviously sit back and let the court proceedings happen, and and I'm sure there's a court date, and I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of coverage on it. But that I feel like is um, we're gonna have to sit back and watch. I'm not gonna make any distinctions for or against anybody. Um, we'll let it play out, and we'll let the you know we'll let the US justice system do what it does best and we'll we'll figure this thing out so right but it's just that just it was shocking more than anything just to kind of summarize all it was shocking cuz i don't know maybe because i've listened to Eddie DeHaunt spot for Chase Elliott and he spotted for Jeff Gordon um like that guy seems to have such a very calm and cool collected demeanor like i could tell you how his demeanor is he's always like you know i can i can almost mimic what he does on the radio and to see that he would like lose his lid or like just to think about the situation it was it's just like what really i don't know yeah but, especially when you've got to maintain calm on the on the spotter stand for your driver how I mean, you can't maintain maintain calm with a jet ski associate. Like, come on now. That's it. Is odd. This whole thing is odd. <laughs> I mean, who who knows? Is it is it is it some maybe some uh, you know jet ski employee trying to 
fake something so that she can make money because she knows that Eddie DeHaan is semi-famous, you know, obviously being the spotter of the Defending Cup Series champion Chase Elliott. Or did Eddie DeHaan really end up losing his lid? Like, did he forget to take his fucking antidepressants? That Who the fuck knows? <laughs> who, who the hell knows? But, right. Uh, I mean... Either way, it's not a good situation for both parties. I hope that they're able to find some kind of common ground and settle it and just move the hell on, honestly, in, in my opinion. I think I think everybody can kind of agree with that. Right. Uh, All right. Not to uh, cut this short, but I would say I'm pretty hungry, to be honest with you. Okay. Sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, fine. How about... uh? You can keep that in too. I don't give a shit. Uh, it's been a minute since I've eaten. Uh, <laughs> who you got Sunday for uh, the Coke Six Hundred? Man, oh, the Coke Six Hundred longest race of the year. I, I I'll do it like my like my streams. I always did it. It's the longest race of the year. Like you know, Christmas Carol almost. Um, <laughs> God, oh. um, dude, I gotta tell you. I feel like, um, and I hate to keep doing this, but I feel like, uh, I really feel like Hamlin's going to break through. Ooh. He's been, he was real good at the start of the season, making a lot of noise. Probably had should have had a couple of wins in the bank. The past couple of races, he's been laying a little low. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up uh, just kind of outlasting everybody at this point and... I think that FedEx will deliver a dub in uh, Charlotte this weekend for the 600. I think he's going to outlast them. All right. I, I'd i love to go with Martin Truex Jr., but uh, I'm going to have to roll with Kyle Larson. Ooh. <laughs> Just because he's been kicking the shit out of the 550s. I feel like he's had the best performances. He's been like Ryan Blaney last year. He's like He should have more wins right now. He should. Yeah. Uh, Truex, I'd love, I'd love to pick Martin just out of bias, and he's got a good track record at Charlotte, but uh, I don't trust the Gibbs 550 program. Kansas was not pretty for for the 19 anyway. The 18, Kyle Busch might be a sneaky pick on Sunday. I'd, I'd wager as well. Yeah. And uh, just for shits and giggles, since it's Indy 500 weekend, you got to pick for that because uh, I got one. Oh man, uh, my heart always goes out to Tony Kanan. Tony Kanan's always my driver. You remember in Charlotte? Oh, he's, he's, run, he's running Johnson's car, right? He is. Yep, he's running that forty-eight. Yep, and I, I from what I heard, he was fast in qualifying. So um, Tony Kanan was. Uh, we were at the Coke Six Hundred weekend when he won his uh, his first his only five hundred. Right. Yep, I remember. I was thrilled because they had that on the big screen on the back and. Yeah, uh, my heart always a Tony Kanan guy, me. But truth be told, man, if I was to make a pick for Indy, for some reason, I'm thinking Will Power. I think Will Power is finally going to get it this year. Wow, he barely made the field. I, I just... I, can't, I couldn't believe that headline. That's a ballsy pick, Dale. I respect the hell out of yeah, you. Yeah, I, I feel like they're going to... I know he barely made the field, but there's just something about... Something about willpower is just kind of grabbing me. You know, you get those things where you're just like, I gotta, I just got to go for willpower. I, I know that All he right. barely made the field, but yeah, I'm going with him. I'm, I'm going with my favorite driver in IndyCar, 
just I'm, I'm going to let my bias show, but Connor Daly's had a rough season, and he's been raving about that car. Uh, they just missed the top, the fast nine, I think, for Ed Carpenter Racing. Uh, I think Connor Daly's going to aim high and get it done on Sunday. Nice. Yeah, all right. Connor Daly, yeah, he's and he's been quick. He's been pretty good the past couple of years, too, I think, over at Indy. He's a... Uh... I can't remember if he's Ed Carpenter's oval driver, but I think he's trying to piece together the full schedule with another team. I'm not totally sure on that, but he's, uh, I don't know, looking looking to break through, we'll say. Yes, I agree. I agree. And I think Indy's going to be real fun this year. So make sure that we obviously we tune into that for this Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's gonna nice to be nice. To see fans. We're getting we're getting to the point where we're seeing just like masses of people again. Like Coda on Sunday, they packed that place out. Nashville Super Speedways uh, already sold out. It's yep, good things on the horizon. Yes, I agree, and I cannot wait. I'm very glad we're getting back to normal. So nice to see fans back in the stands again, and things that you just always kind of took for granted. Now that we're getting them back, don't take them don't take them for granted. Don't. If you have the chance to go to a race, fucking go. Just just go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as long as they're not price, price gouging. Yes. Yeah. Some of that shit's wild. Some of that is wild. We'll discuss that yeah. in another podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to touch that yet. I don't want to piss anybody. Well, <laughs> it's not a matter of pissing people off. It's more about just griping about economics, I suppose. Damn right. But anyways, I'll leave that tangent for another day. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Was episode five, right? Yes, sir. Episode number five. All right. And we'll see you all back either um, maybe next Wednesday, maybe Sunday. As long as the Chinese fire drill is, is clear, we'll sh- we should be good for next yeah, week. We'll, we'll, see how, we'll see how life aligns. But everybody enjoy Racers Christmas because indy well monica already happened kind of weird this year but indy 500 coke 600 enjoy the weekend and peace out damn right everybody thank you all so much for tuning into the r&d podcast that was ethan and i am dale this is again your rear home the home for real nascar discussion the r&d podcast thank you all so much for tuning in good luck to all your favorite drivers in indy and at charlotte this upcoming weekend and as always this is memorial day weekend so for those that have fought for us and our freedoms. I thank every single one of you. I wish I could thank every single one of you. But you don't know me. You don't know Ethan. We don't know we don't know you, but we appreciate all your sacrifice. So happy Memorial Day to every I mean, not maybe not happy Memorial Day, but you know, obviously we're thinking of you on Memorial Day weekend, all of our um, veterans who paid the ultimate price. So Thank you all to them. Thank you guys for listening to the R&D Podcast, your home for real NASCAR discussion. I am Dale, and that was Ethan, and we are out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Be safe, have fun, and we'll see you on the next podcast. And until then, stay metal, like Ethan said. Right here. Deuces. Deuces.